What's up, what's up, everybody? <laughs> this is Mr. 13, and I would like to thank y'all for joining us for our very first episode of The Sit Down. Um, very excited to have this gentleman on the show today with us. His name is Derek Spears. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. For those of you who are not familiar with Derek Spears, he is uh, from Milwaukee. He is an accomplished entrepreneur. He wears many hats. He is a music producer. He's an artist. He's a writer. Um, he's put out documentaries. Uh, he has his own website where he sells all of his projects, and you can check that out. And I'm, I'm sure I might have missed a few things, but we're going to talk about it, and we're going to sit down and have a conversation or a discussion. I'm not sure Legacy wants me using his word. He got it copywritten, <laughs> but it is what it is. Shout out to Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Derek? How you doing? I'm man? good, man. I'm very honored to be, especially in New York, um, from especially growing up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I would not have ever expected to be uh, in New York doing an interview, yeah. to be honest with you. So. Yeah, but this isn't your first time here. Yeah. No, you're right. Rodeo. I came out years ago, you know, y'all had the Cypher show. You, yep. you And that was... Definitely let me get my feet wet as an artist. It was a, it was one of the first times I was in a radio station, okay, and amongst other artists, and they were spitting, and we just was like, I loved the competition. The whole when I first came out here it was shocking to me. It was like a culture shock because I'm so used to seeing it on TV versus in my face, gotcha. actually being in there. So I appreciated the. Actually, it was like a launch pad for me because after mm -hmm. that, I gained more confidence. Yeah. Went out there, you know, went to L.A. doing, you know, interviews that went different places. And I was it kind of like set the stage and tone for me of how gotcha. it should be done. So I, that's a big shout out to you and your and the Cypher show. Yeah. For anyone who's watching that doesn't know, we uh, have a show called The Cypher. We've been doing it for 10 years like I said, my name is Mr. 13. I'm one of the original hosts of the Cypher show. And uh, DDS yeah. was one of our original guests on that show. And here we are in our own station now. We were at DTF before, but now we're at our own station. And he came back to sit down with us and talk about what he's got going on. So Definitely. you're from Milwaukee. For anyone who has never been to Milwaukee, why don't you tell them a little bit about that city? Milwaukee is an interesting city, you know, um, it's very, first and foremost, it's very segregated, you know, from the city, from, you can, if you're from the city, you can easily be like, oh, South Side, Hispanics, you know, North Side, Nick, can we say niggas? Oh, black, <laughs> black people. I don't want to. You yeah. could say that. Okay, then you know what? Black, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not going to say it. Black folks, college kids, you know, East Side, East Side. But we, the thing about it is, one thing that I love about Milwaukee, and one thing is the same thing that I, okay, I love it, it's very, you know, it's a lot of talent there. Okay. It's a lot of rough dirt. It's you know, what I mean by rough dirt is it's a black cloud over the city. But that black cloud also helped mm -hmm. me to yeah. deal with to be able to go to any city. You know, yeah. any any city and and you know they say the world is a ghetto and be able to deal when you when you grow up in the city you learn quick on a block you first learn you know you you learn when you first move on to a block. The first thing you learn is they're going to pick at you until you stand up for yourself. Yep. You learn the rules on a block, not to snitch. Police, you learn all that stuff. You yeah. learn all about that stuff, and you're able to just take that knowledge and move, and go move around any block. Yeah. Certain people end up having issues because they really, first of all, didn't learn those. Mm -hmm. They really didn't learn from what they were taught. Me, I learned quick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I learned to take what I learned from, took from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which most people, it's funny when I go travel, they're like, oh, do you guys live on farms because we're from the cheese state? And it's like, <laughs> no, man, we don't live on yeah. farms. It's, it's rough, rugged, raw out there. Yeah. But I, when I say raw, it's very talented. It's diverse. It's a lot of people out there yep. who just trying to make it. It crabs in a bucket, you know, and a lot of times we step over each other yeah. because we don't understand that. If you come together and you network and you interlock like this, this and that, and you you can you can help each other out. But a lot of times, it's be honest with you, it yeah. just don't exist. Yeah, you know, I, I'm we've experienced that here too in New York City. There is not much unity. Yeah. I mean, but you got to pick and choose the individuals that you work with. You know, I got my homeboy sitting over there. Yeah, he definitely always supports. Shout out to Steve. Steve that's, the that's my that's, that's that's my day one right there, right there. Twenty twenty collection. Go get that. Shout out to 2020 <laughs> collection. I'll be wearing it back at home in the malls and everything. Yeah. They stop me. Where you get that from? You know, that's yeah. that to me, that's supporting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mean? So now, you know, the last time you was with us, you would, you did the music and you still do music. Mm -hmm. How's that going along for you? 
my my plight from when I first left the cipher uh, took man. It was a lot of grinding. First and foremost, after I came to the station, I got a little more shows, and I got to work with artists out here. I got to work with a producer named Cortland. You know, I don't know if you know Cortland is. He's from from the Bronx. I, I got to work with him and go out to the Bronx, and he introduced me to different people. We did like little ciphers, and I put in my I put in, basically what I'm trying to tell the people is I put in my work. Yeah. Now years later, I was able to build up. A good follow, uh, you know, a, a following and a, and a network of people where I was able to. Um, I started to think outside the box. I said, "Man, when I come to these spots, most time I come to hip hop spots, it's just overshadowed with just all artists. You know, what I mean, everybody spitting everywhere you turn. I spit, I spit. So I said, let me go out to areas where they don't have much hip hop artists. So I started going and mingling in country circles, and, okay, and rock, and and it led me to the point where. I was on, I, I got a phone call from someone. Well, actually, I got a phone call from somebody to meet them in Chicago, um, a guy named Grant. And he said, meet us in Chicago. We have a dinner, like a, like a meet greet. I'm like, that's something I never would do. I went out there, sat out, ate with them. And it was a guy, two guys in there playing some music, which they would later on go on the year na- later to win two Grammys. Okay. And I was just like, I met these guys. Yeah. They're playing, one is playing a flute, one is playing this, this, and that. And they actually invited me out to L.A. And I came out to L.A., and um, I had this track called Cop Killers. I was working on some an album called The One Love Project because mm-hmm. I was it was right around the time where the riots was real big and yeah. you know so I came out there and I had it was used to bringing my album my CD or whatever so I brought it out there and it was a crowd of just it was like a lot of white people this this and that and I was yeah. just like what around what year was this this was 2015 okay and I was I was nervous because I'm yeah. like okay but I was like my track didn't work yeah so I said scratch it whatever. I started kicking my thing. I'm, you know, I'm astonished by how many folks fought themselves to the bondage. I start going into all this stuff, and I start kicking the rhyme, and I look up. By the time I was done, everybody was clapping and standing on my feet. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm like, okay. So that led me to being known as the rapper. Like, every, they all start saying, he's the hip-hop guy, yeah. which made me much different than when you walk into a club and everybody's the hip-hop guy. You know yeah, what I mean? everybody, so yeah. I got a call that later on that year, they, um, they were doing a single called Shine On, and they was like, we need a verse. Now all the all over the years I've been I'm real quick at writing and quick, like whatever. So they I didn't even know these two people. They were like, we need a verse for the song called Shine On. It's kind of about overcoming and this, this, and that. Yeah. And I was like, that's right up my alley. So mm-hmm. I, they sent me the track because they were like, well, who could do this? And someone wrote in the Facebook circle. They said they just put Derek Spears. Derek Spears, yeah. So I got contacted by these people, and I'm like, oh, who they? But they would have never known if I didn't ever go into that other circle. Yeah. If you hadn't. next, you know, we're on the Grammy ballot. Flying out to L.A., we got um, radio shows, yeah. we have interviews, I'm getting, we're doing like photos all up and down, like um, all in L.A., I, yeah. stuff I just didn't do, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, next, see. You, next thing you know, the guy's like, you know, when you get Grammy, see, people don't want to think about the Grammys, and I, don't, I know people say, oh, this and that. As an artist, I've been sitting in my bedroom, I was sitting in my bedroom for years staring at the Grammys and yeah. It's like, man, I, I just never thought I could And you've been at the Grammys. I've been at Grammys. This is going on four years in a row. Nice, nice. You know, and, and every year got better. I've actually performed during Grammy week. Um, I got to perform in, in New York two years ago. They had the yeah. Grammys in New York for the first time in a long time. Yeah. I got to do Fitz, um, 54. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Studio 54 or something here. Uh, it's called 54 something but I, I know Yeah Studio 54 Was back in the days I don't know if they Like recreated something Yeah it was like a it. recreation That we, okay. we performed there All right. And I And I did a throwback I just jumped on I actually did something That was spontaneous Which is what We do in hip hop too Yeah I hopped on the drums Cause I play the drums yeah. And I got to I, I just said um, I told one of my friends She's a jazz artist I said you just do some scat, you know, you sing. And yeah. I had some other guy, I was like, you just play the, you play the piano. Cause I was headlining a show yeah. and I was like, let's just do it. So they were like, I was like, just follow my lead. So I get on the drums and I start playing, man. I just start rhyming at the same yeah. time. And they hadn't seen that before. Mm-hmm. And they went, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know too many hip hop artists that play the yeah. drums. You know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was dope. So after that, literally a expanded more. Because yeah. what happens is that people start talking, and I just say this to hip-hop artists and other people artists, to think outside well, of the box. You know, the main thing they do is tell us to throw a chain on our neck, throw a bandana on, we hardcore, yeah. we don't want to. But it's like, dude, creativity has no, I'm looking at that, pushing the boundaries of creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like creativity, like be creative. Mm-hmm. Like show me yeah. some creativity with your stuff and put it where 
you wouldn't think it. And that's where my music has gone yeah. to the point where I put out about 20-something albums. I had my own albums on the Grammy Ballot in Milwaukee, the One Love Project. Yeah. And, and, I mean, seeing it right next to your favorite artist. Yeah. And you've been nominated for other awards. I saw oh, the yeah. Josie Award, Australian Independent Music yes. Awards. How, how, how does that feel? It's great. Um, I won a couple of awards. It was great to be a nominated, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it was great to even win some of the awards. Okay. I, I wasn't, I, I, some of them, to be honest with you, I didn't even know. I hadn't <laughs> even known. Someone else told me. Yeah. They were like, hey, congratulations. So you won that award. And I was like, what? What award? Because, you know, when you're grinding, yeah, you yeah. ain't got time to really be thinking about, yeah, you like, keep moving. Uh, you keep moving. And yeah. then you find out some of the rewards that you do, you know, and I, and I just think, I just, Thank first of all, thank God for the talent, and then I think, you know, even um, learning from other people as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because honestly, I like we talk about Steve. Me and Steve, like I bounce stuff off of him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people don't know. I never would have known of New York unless it was yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve used to back in the day. I grew up in a household we we couldn't we couldn't listen to secular. We couldn't just listen to any type of secular music because my dad and my mom was very very religious. But when I went to my when I went to my nigga Steve, my brother Steve's house, <laughs> he had every hip hop artist. I yeah. never knew who Wu Tang was. Yeah, he would tell me who Wu Tang was, Mob Deep was, and I, we would just feed spoon. Yeah. He knew I was a lyricist. He mm -hmm. knew I wrote poetry, all that. But I I didn't know. The funny thing is, I was just being creative growing up. I didn't know about these yeah. artists like that because they couldn't play them in our house. We heard them on the block. Yeah, walk down the block. Yeah, and it was them. different back in the day. Yeah. There was no internet. No internet. You know, it was real difficult for that music to reach certain areas like i had i had cousins in puerto rico that they would come here and i would play music for them and they're like we never heard it. and i'll be like yo this is like five years old yes <laughs> it's even to this day i some music and yeah. i love the fact that we can listen to all music now because now you don't have to listen to what you don't want to listen to i just um just discovered some artist who i forgot his name i don't even want him he, he he was a japanese producer or something okay uh, yeah. But he died years ago. But his music was dope. It with his name starts with an N. I, I, I'll figure out. But but I've been listening to his yeah. music lately, and I'm like, I never knew of him. I, th him. I think I kind of I might know who you're talking about. He used to DJ and yeah. produce, yeah, yep. with an H, I think. Yeah, like, something. Yeah, high roll or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. But I've been listening to his music. And I'm yeah. like, it's so pure. I'm like, I never knew who that was. Yeah. Someone told me your new your album is never old. It's always new. To someone who to hasn't someone heard who it. Just, who never heard yeah, it. Yeah, I tell that to my artist, this is the icon. He's like, I'm tired of performing my single. I'm like, but they never heard it. They never heard you it. You got to get over that and keep pushing. What is it? Master P performed Bout It, Bout It for like three, four years before it took off. Big inspiration to me. Yeah, Master P was one of my biggest inspirations. I didn't even know who Master P was. My brother, he, he was a hustler. And he, he brought Master P in the house one yeah. day. He was like, I was like, who is this guy? And I just heard, you know, if I could change my body, body. And I, my first question, honestly, was like, he owns all of this? Yep. Even at that age, yeah. I'm like, this. that set the mind frame for me to own yep. all my stuff. And I'm like, this dude owns all of this, too? Yep. Like, oh, shoot. Yeah, Master P was definitely one of the first to set that standard of owning your own and creating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Not letting this, you know, your music be uh, pimped out or utilized by the by the bigger corporations. Yeah. He was an inspiration for me too. But that's how I came up, you know, with some of my ideas. Yeah. And, and essentially I, I want to be honest too, over the years going to the Grammys and stuff also opened my eyes in a different way. It made yeah. me step away from the industry mm -hmm. because some people don't value your art, you know, yeah. they pass in these Grammy communities mm -hmm. and stuff and there's no diss to them. But a lot of times they pass music around or their stuff around like it's, it's nothing like it's yeah. meaningless or, Oh, I'm not trying, you know, me, I'm like, there's a value to my art. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I want to, it's a value. And I think people should have a value on yeah. what you do mm -hmm. or it's just going to be passed around. And you look at it like it's meaningless. And that's what made me step away and be like, ah, oh, a lot of this stuff is smoke and mirrors. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these people are there really just to get a name. Yeah. They don't give a care about, they have no talent, no skill. They don't care about yeah. even uh -huh. with rap. I be in the circles and they be like, they look the way they look at rap and they just be like, huh? They don't, they yeah. still don't get it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it made me look at them yeah, like, I don't need a beat. I'm gonna break this rhyme down. You're gonna hear every word that I say and then you tell me what about rap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some, you know, a lot of people say, you know, hip hop is dead, but it's out there. You just gotta <laughs> dig and look it's for everywhere. it. And then internet is is huge. It's out there. You gotta look. Yeah. You gotta look. So, you know, you've you accomplished a lot with the music. 
And, uh, you know, I was following some of your posts that you put on LinkedIn, and I see that you have uh, documentaries. Yeah. Now, how did you get into that? Now, people don't know. I've, I've been an art, artistic dude. All my, I, when I went to college in, 90, in 2000, I went in as a theater student. Okay. So I was a theater student. And I, I did that for like half a year or so, but I, I had to get out of it because I couldn't go to no parties and stuff. Like you, yeah. you're in there all day in stagecraft on Saturday. And I wrote plays and stuff and put it on in a city when I was, uh, I wrote a, I wrote a play called I Caught a Phony Dream, okay. and I put it on in the city. I, I put, I, I wrote it. I had actors in there. I, I invited people from the city. We put, we packed the house. It was, yeah. it was a dope play. And and I, I wrote plays. And I always was the guy in my circle who. Um, till this day has always created short documentaries and stuff for people. And I had a lot of them that I was just doing for people okay. around the way. They have, they probably to this day still have my DVDs in their houses, but yeah. I was kind of like, wait a minute, I have this stuff I'm sitting on. Why am yeah. I not putting it out? Like I've been doing this for years. Like, so I put out a, um, an album called Milwaukee okay. in 2017, uh, uh, it was like around 17, 18, um, and I was like, because I'm tired of going from state to same people saying, where's Milwaukee? What is Milwaukee? So I put out a whole album. Yeah. You can go on iTunes, whatever. And it's called Milwaukee. Even the, even the songs in there are streets. Yeah. And it's Fond du Lac, Center Street, where yeah. I grew up on. Um, all, all streets, everything is yeah. centered around my life. It's based off my life, but it's also my perspective of growing up in Milwaukee. Yeah. So I put together a documentary called Miraculous. And it was... Um, it was basically me showing myself. Mill Reckless, like that. Yeah, Mill ah, Reckless, M I L. And every That's one of the cool. songs cool. I wanted to, int I wanted to put Mill in, in most of the stuff. So I got a song called Mill Tarted. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, it's like yeah. the Milltown State of Mind. Gotcha. You know, Mill Reckless. You know what I mean? It was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, Mill instrumental, Mill instrumental. Right. Like I said, instrumental is Mill instrumental. Got you. So I just put together That's a clever. whole bunch That's of clever. stuff. Yeah, it's just to yeah. put the city out there, and to so I, when I did a documentary, I did a short documentary, and people start people liked it. So I started to be like, "Well, man, I should try to get this on Amazon Prime or something. Try to get it yep. out there." And once I set my mind to do something, I just focus on doing, it and and I got it on there. And yeah. I was like, "Oh shoot!" So I had did a documentary a year or two before that called. Um, uh, Pastor Howard, the legacy it was a, it's a pastor. He died. I, I saw known, that. Yeah, I, had, mm -hmm. I had known him for like 20 years. Um, and the crazy part is I only did that documentary for his family. And I did that documentary in one week. Yeah. Like I sat in my crib, grabbed clips, everything, and just put it together just to document mm -hmm. his life. And then I brought it to his children. It just as a gift of comfort. Gotcha. And, and they liked it so much. They, his oldest son, well, one of his sons just gave me a $50 bill on here. Yeah. You know, you should sell this. And I'm like, you want me to sell it? I don't want to just, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to sell your pop stuff. Yeah, he's like, yeah. no, sell it. I love the way you represented my dad. Yeah, carrying his legacy yeah. on. Yeah. So I revamped it a little bit, cut it short, because it's the one that you see on Amazon Prime now is actually like 20 minutes shorter than what the original one was. I actually made a DVD and an audio version of it of that I'll have probably in my store. That audio mm -hmm. version is the same version, but it's just all like a audio so the yeah. whole documentary is audio gotcha. so i did those and then i put it out on amazon prime and then i had did another one on my brother he had just came out of prison called beyond these prison walls okay and he was just really talking about his flight from going from you know doing such and such things to going yeah. and building you know just just increasing and doing mm -hmm. better finally i did one this last year called secret success stories okay. and that's all about being in an elevator, walking down a block, you see somebody and they talk to you for three or four minutes yep. and they change your life. You're like, dang, mm -hmm. they just gave me a story that I would have never, that blew my mind. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do this with people who just give me five minutes. And I have another season coming out. I just have people mm -hmm. send me stuff. I would love to get your story on there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> down, like, man. We get that power. People get just don't know how powerful five minute talk could be yeah exactly because like, when we think of success we all everybody always be like think about money and this and it's like no no mm -hmm. no success is it can become overcoming failure it could be it could be like man i was on drugs or i was messed up last summer mm -hmm. this and that but look what i'm doing now yeah it's like oh shoot you just you just flipped and changed that whole thing and it's it's a switching on and off of a mind state so yeah. it's like i was like i don't want People that look at secret success stories as man, they just talk about money. I mm -hmm. talk about in the first episode, it's called autism and perseverance. I talk about yeah. as a father, me overcoming having like all people coming in my house thirty five hours a week. We dealing with my daughter, which we still do every day. Dealing yeah. with 
an autistic person is very, very hard. Like, yeah. we still, to this day, <clears throat> she's like 11. We still doing, like, potty training, all that. It's, mm-hmm. like, crazy. Yeah. So, I tell that. <clears throat> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I tell those stories, and then I have other people. I got yeah. one of my friends, Natalie. She's an artist, and she talks about depression and how being creative helped her get over depression. Yeah. So. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, Ray. All right. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, so before, you know, right before we went to a break, you know, uh, Derek had to take a drink uh, drink of water. Yeah. And now, now we're back. Yep. And you were talking about your media company being a tri-media company. Yeah, tri-media company, which I ought to, already, it was basically all the time it was for writing, um, for book. It was Ironically, I made it before I even started writing books. It was for book writing, um, for film, and for music. Okay. So... I've been doing, a, I was doing for years the music and, and the film started. Mm-hmm. I really, the reason I turned to film to be quite real, real with you is I got tired of the music industry. Okay. So I was like, hmm, let me try to dive into the film world. And I'm going to be honest with you, I even sent, last year, I sent the Oscars because I was trying to get into the, the um, academy. Okay. I was trying to become an academy member. Yeah. And they, they have prerequisites or whatever if you made a film mm-hmm. you could try to get into like the documentary segment of a, the academy this and that and i was like so i sent them like a documentary or something i was just you know i yeah. just sent them and i was trying to get i don't even know if they got it okay. they're so tight that you don't know they have so they have so less members like they don't even have so few members you don't know but if you get nominated for like an oscar i guess they what i was reading they'll send you mm-hmm. an invitation they're like one of them invitation only people okay you know, I tried to be different. I was like, I know y'all invitation only people, <laughs> but I'm sending y'all something. Y'all gonna know yeah, about man, their experience. It. You never know what might <laughs> come of it, man. So I sent them some stuff because I was like, check my IMBD out. I got some stuff. I got some credits. <laughs> so <laughs> that made me drive into the film world because I was like, film, if you really look at music, music paints pictures. And nowadays, we're in such a visual society. Everybody yep. walk around with their phone. I was like, now people really, really want to get into people. They like hearing the music. They also want to see a visual. So I was yep. like, I got to really tap back into my visual side. And I'm still working on getting more and more visuals and stuff like that. But I was like, I, I want to get all three of them on the same level. You yep. know? So I was like putting stuff out. And I even, even the stuff that I have put out, it was from years ago. So it was like, I got stuff that I'm working on now that's way better, you know, yeah. even way better mm-hmm. um, sonically, way better, like editing wise, all that. I was like putting that other stuff out because I feel like this, no matter what you do, it shouldn't be lost. And it's awesome. If I first find out about an artist, I usually go back to their first album. Like, yeah. or I go find out everything that they did a long time ago. So I tell people, don't ever feel bad if you're like, oh, I put that out. It was a dud. No, 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 no. Keep pushing because whatever it, Whatever your breakthrough is going to be, everybody's still going to go back and find all the old stuff yeah. and be like, oh, that's dope. I want, I like people more their old stuff than I like their new stuff. Yeah, so. Especially now that we live in a digital age where everything yeah. is online. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everything is online. I And I started to, to get to that point, too, where I felt you feel like you lose it as an artist. Yeah. And you got to reinvent your stuff. You're like, man... The world, to me, the world of create and the world moves so fast. It's like an ongoing, like tie. It's just going and going. Whatever you put out can be popular today, tomorrow. They don't know who you are, and it just keeps going. So I was like, if you put out something timeless, though, it's gonna stay there, and it's gonna be timeless. That's why you see artists like um, Rakim and them are, you know, they. I, I just bought his book this year. Their pop, older artists are popping like yeah. they re- they just did a uh, for the Grammys. I think somebody just got nominated for redoing Follow the Leader album. Oh wow! All jazz. It was okay. just all jazz. Follow the leader, and it went number one. So it was yeah. like that was it made their album. Come. So I was thinking like, man, you might have thought that Rock Him and them died down, but nah. Like, yeah. look, they, mm-hmm. people are bringing them. Wu Tang. Look at Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu Tang had a huge resurgence in the last year. Hulu series. Yep. You know what I mean? They got even the Showtime documentaries and I yeah, was just like, a, of Men and Mikes. I'm like, whatever you do. I got put on Wu Tang early by Steve. Yeah. Steve put me on Wu Tang when I was when I was strictly Pac. It was yeah. two Pac Shakur because in the nineties yeah, 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 when yeah. Pac died, Pac had such a huge yeah. Pac presence. was dominating. He dominated no matter who was rapping. Yeah. He was like, ah, right, if it ain't Pac, especially mm-hmm. in Milwaukee too. If it ain't Pac, uh, we good. In Milwaukee, we had issues. The Pac had some run-ins in Milwaukee. Actually, yeah. he got he got banned from Milwaukee. Oh shit! But his <laughs> his legacy was so strong back then mm-hmm. that. 
I couldn't get with Wu-Tang. I liked the Method Man back then, yeah. but I couldn't get with any other ones because mm-hmm. they were ahead of their time. And I used to just be like, I didn't like them. I didn't like who I got compared to. Okay. When I first started rapping, I was very lyrical. So who, still who lyrical. did they compare you to? Common and Wu-Tang all the time. Oh, man, those are good comparisons, See, bro. But to <laughs> me, we were, yeah. the, the environment you grow up in, yeah. you know, Nothing to comment, but yeah. comment from Chicago. We were so used yeah. to everything got to be hardcore. And, yeah, I got and you. I was like, man, they kind of soft. Like, I didn't yeah, think yeah, Wu-Tang yeah. was soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was like, they used big words, and Pac was more like, he used big words, but he was more rough in your face. Then No Limit came yeah. out, mm-hmm. then Cash Money. It was just like, Scarface is always my favorite, like hardcore. Yeah. And I was just like, brainwashed as a child, like, well, yeah. it got to be hardcore. Yeah, I got so, you. So <clears throat> now I appreciate them. Way more. I'm like, I became a fan over the years. Yeah. Like, Steve would call me like, hey, bro, you need to check out Liquid Swords. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. What is Liquid Swords? Yeah, Liquid Swords is a classic. You need to check out Supreme Clientele. I'm yeah. like, this is years ago. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Supreme Clientele. He put me on one of my favorite artists now, MF yeah. Doom. He was like, check out Operation Doom's that Listen, I don't, don't feel bad. Okay, <laughs> I love Liquid Swords. First time I listened to Supreme Clientele was in 2017. See? <laughs> I don't feel bad because well, and, I, and Iron Man and see, what was that was that what was Iron Man the joint yo that's the, f- the first time was 2017 see, and it, I realized damn I'm missing out <laughs> and I'm from New York I should be ashamed to say this right now but, but it shows you <clears throat> how much you like you said yeah. me, your music is never old yep. when somebody else discovers it that mm-hmm. day that's why I put it out there. You gonna be, I'll be like, you know what? You ain't listened to Milwaukee yet. Years from now, when you listen to Milwaukee, you're going to be like, that's classic. Every yeah. rhyme from the from the opening, you know what I mean? When I come in, I'm straight out the mill town, raised around the lawless guys, where no laws apply, the rough north side where forks fly, where the niggas is straightforward front wheel drive. If you front homeboy, guess what? You die. The Bruce City, you hear a narrative from a true nigga, bald-headed, silent, handsome nigga. That shit on the spot, boss. You with me? I'm grimy and intelligent. Survived all the <laughs> pestilence. God designed me to move these precedent. DDS, tell us what the message is. A city full of fearless kids and appearances. Crabs in a bucket. Hate-filled citizens. You know, everybody got a piece of hate. They sentences. We need to come together and embrace our teammates. Yeah. We need to love a Christ in our grim days. It's DDS your sensei. And them niggas like might get high, but we get low, nigga. Catch a nigga at the sitco gas station. Blast hatred because he was throwing up a pitchfork. Busted glass hit the pavement. Dang. It's like, that's just the first. That's the You're opening painting verse. some pictures for them right there. So huh? I, I was like, but I, I got influenced by listening to other albums. And I'm like, if I'm going to come to your city and you just like, what city are you from? Yeah. So I was in Minnesota once and I performed that track, Milwaukee. And I, I, I just got off stage. We was being my, it was just me and my wife. We was in like a club or yep. a hole in the wall, whatever. Got off and the, the bouncer came up to me at the word like, bro, I'm feeling that Milwaukee joke. Yeah. But it was like he was listening to mm-hmm. poetry. And I learned that from listening to Liquid Swords, Supreme Clientele. Yeah. You know what I mean? Illmatic. I'm like, they put that, you put that in and no matter what, yeah. you're in a city. And I was like, that's going to happen for people when they listen to Milwaukee. They're going to go back and say, I'm in his city. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So Yeah, not that that's I understand what you're saying. <laughs> for me, I, I like to listen to artists who bring you into their own world. You know, like they, they, they the way they spit it and they explain it, and then you you're you're visually and physically like in that environment. Yeah, you, know? you gotta be. I learned that because it's a movie. Like I learned vocabulary. I was telling um I was doing an interview the other day um with a guy um named Rodney, but he, I was telling him I learned a lot of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Listening to hip hop, yeah, I I would hear them say a word and I'd be like facetious. What is that? Yeah. Go back to you know what I mean, <laughs> or you know, yeah, check yeah. the prognosis. You know, he's just sitting there like these are words I didn't hear. Yeah, growing up, and I'm just I'll go right to the dictionary. Like, what does that word mean? What does yeah. this word mean? What does this word mean? Oh shoot, yeah. you know what I mean. You talk about they made a list on I think it was Double XL of the MCs that had the white the biggest vocabularies and. A lot of the Wu-Tang members were on that They list. should be. Like, yeah. the words they use, yep. I'm on a mission that some say is impossible, but when I swing, all my swords is chopped. <laughs> yeah, like, to the Wu-Tang. Yeah, like, the stuff they use, that's why back in the day, I hated on them, and I admit it, because I went to, I was a reader of a, yeah. of a racist. I just love reading, and I was like, they just using big... I used to remember telling my guy, he'd be playing in the car, yeah. I'm like, man, they're just using big they're words. They're just throwing big words out there. But when I started listening to them, even now, I'm like... They wasn't just throwing out yeah. big words. That mm-hmm. was they were ahead of their time. Even yeah. to this day, people still don't understand how ahead of their time they are. But yeah. when you use words, they're powerful. And if you're able to, don't feel bad if it don't 
hit right now. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell people. Don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep going, man. Not, not everything is an overnight success. And most times, what you think is an overnight success is really years in the making. It was. DMX, yeah. look at him, 18 years yeah. before it's dark and hell is hot. And, I've, yeah. and I, I just got some of the stuff when he said... Niggas is uh we stay we get it with we would get it with old rhymes. Yeah. He said it in one song for, um, for I ride for my niggas dog nigga what ride. He was like yeah I laugh now because niggas get it with old rhymes. And what yeah. he meant by that is if you look and listen to some of his stuff back in the day he was saying those same rhymes, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took him that many years in the making. And he still was using the same rhymes, and yeah. everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is dope!" And he's like, "I was saying that like 20, 10 years ago," yeah. and y'all was like, "They just find they just caught up to it. That's what it is." That's what it is. So, so you know, with the music and the film, how 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 different is film making film from making music? I feel like film is is an eye thing. You know, what I mean, you have to have the the eye, and you you still use your imagination, but you use your eyes. You use your sense of like, oh, so you know, it's visual. So when you're writing, you use your mind, and you're just writing like you just create moves. You just bouncing off the wall. This is that you're creating. Uh, description or something, but when you get a when you're filming, it's a mirror. You start mm-hmm. to show the mirror of what exactly what it is. And certain people don't have the eye; they just don't. Everybody, I've learned this over the years. You just everybody can't play all positions. Me, yeah. I can't do certain things that other people can do. Gotcha. And you find a person who got that eye. Even myself, if I run into somebody who got that eye and they just got it, like, oh, I can see this, this, and that. Even like if you take if you're a photographer, certain photographer they could do pictures. And you're like, man, I didn't even yeah. see that. I mm-hmm. used to take film courses in school I went to school to do film too so they would show you like how people like would, would zoom in on stuff and then like come back out and it'd be coming clear you like oh shoot I didn't even notice that that was right there but they had the eye so filming that's the that's the shooting part of it yeah but writing also comes into play yeah you see people like 50 Cent who are great writers and they got like power powers yeah. is dope like a stuff <laughs> they can write it and power was dope till season five I know, it got Sorry. crazy, man. It got crazy. <laughs> then he just, then they just, I don't know what <laughs> They think it's JR who shot Ghost. <laughs> yeah, we just watched season six, episode 11 the other night. We was like, man, who who shot Ghost? Like, man, I don't know, but it's crazy that yeah. people be like really talking about it. Like, is that's good writing. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, when you got. Somebody talking about it everywhere you go, like they're in the movie yeah, yeah. or they're even when you, I love documentaries because they tell to me they they're so real. Yeah, documentaries document stuff. So yep. it's like it was a documentary I watched that blew my mind called um, Father Divine. Okay, have you ever? Heard? I don't know. No, I haven't seen that one. What's that this about? This guy is and it's you have to look it up. This guy is from was living in New York in the thirties, forties. This guy was bigger than, he was a black guy. Okay. He had a million white followers. Wow. This is during all this t- racism. Time. Yeah. And they had pictures and video of this. To this day, he has his own, like, he's dead or whatever, but he has his own, they have like their, his own land where they all live. And mm-hmm. his chair is still empty, but they talk to him like he's, they called, they, the reason they tried to write him out of history is because they called this man God. Yeah. Like they, and he was in Harlem. Around all these people, you you he fed people kitchens, everything. They have real video of this guy, and that's why I was like, I love documentaries. They document him, yeah. So you can't lie and say he's not. And this guy actually, even back then, nothing is new under the sun. That's why was, he had people signing, um, let different legislators. He was he was actually um, he owned a resort next to the president. Okay, <laughs> but listen, he didn't work at all. The people gave him all this money. Him, uh, like yeah. they believed in him so much. So the, the government was trying to like, where's this guy getting this from? They could never like attack him because they were, the people were giving him the money yeah. to do this. And he would let even, he broke racism a lot. He would let people in the navies stay on his resort for a dollar, I believe a dollar a month. Yeah. If they integrated with black people. Wow. And they did. So he was doing this way back then. So I'm just yeah. like, that documentary just took me in. And I was just like. And who, and who made this documentary? I don't know who shot it. It was his people. It was his own people? <coughs> his own people. But basically, I forget the guy who actually directed it. But yeah. the people brought out, they brought out all the footage or whatever. Yeah. To the point where they're building Not a def- library, man. It's crazy. I got to check that out. They're Father, building a library. Father Divine? Yeah, Father Divine. It's I called Father Divine. He actually, and I'm not even saying, I think it's tripped out. I, I don't 
like follow him like that or mm-hmm. like that. But I just wanted to make the point that it's people out here who are doing things that you probably don't know about if yeah. you're not checking. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was, they say he was the most known, unknown person with a black guy with a million mm-hmm. followers with people were getting lynched. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I definitely got to check that out. I like yeah, documentaries. Sorry. The last documentary I checked out was uh Bikram, the Bikram yoga joint. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, when they had like cases against him and stuff. Yeah, he's out in India <laughs> or Pakistan. Well, I don't know where he's at, but in one of those countries, he's on the run. <laughs> I don't know. Having, he was a wild boy. He was a wild boy. But I be having, you know, I have like, I have like mixed feelings about documentaries like yeah. those because, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, it's true, you know, I, but I sometimes I also be like, yeah, sometimes you and I don't want to sound like that, but sometimes people have to know what they're walking into. Yeah, mm-hmm. they be around. Something goes wrong. Uh, even the R. Kelly stuff. Like I know R. Kelly been doing wrong for a long time, yeah. but I know some of those women sound like they're just angry, mm-hmm. bitter women. Yeah. And I'm like, it's always two sides to each story. Yeah. But I want brave. I like people who are brave filmmakers yeah. and brave documentary people mm-hmm. who who be like, you know what, we're gonna. Explore both sides of it, mm-hmm. not just one side. We want to mm-hmm. hear this from other people, the other side, because I think people get afraid of not getting funded yeah. or this and that. Me, I would tell you, go out there and make a film that ain't going to get funded. Put it out there independently yeah. and let people start discovering what mm-hmm. it is. People decide how big stuff is. You yeah. can have a million. Master P is a sample. The industry yeah. didn't let him <laughs> in. He sold about a million copies on bought it on the street. Yeah. <laughs> or 500,000. Sometimes these documentaries come, you know, they, they're funded by agendas. You yep. know, so I have actually had documentary. I've actually had been biased against. I've, mm-hmm. I've tried to enter my film into film festivals and they asked me if I was gay or uh, bisexual. And, if I, and I said no, and they wouldn't even allow me to oh, wow. put my film into it. Yeah. I was like, dang, you can't become, you can't be what you're trying to change. Like, you can't yeah. be mad because I'm not that. I'm not dissing you because you're that, but yeah. you can't not allow me to. Then you're you're doing discrimination mm-hmm. now. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I hear you. That's craziness. <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> what made me really get back at the film too. They need some. They need some Mavericks. And well, you know, when they when you want to prove your point, the, you know, generally you should show both sides of the story, so then you can actually poke a holes into yeah. the other side and prove your case. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not proving a case if you're just showing one side, one of side of the coin. You know, so, but so. You have a Tri Media. So books. Yeah, what's, what's the name of this company? DDS Media Works. Okay. Now DDS came from it's it, it's my initials, but it it, it was me actually uh, liberating myself from being under my brothers. Now, okay. I had two br- older brothers growing up who they it wasn't pleasant for me because they were you know in my opinion growing up they were the handsome ones they always had their shirts off. I grew up I was a little <laughs> chubby boy. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, to yeah. the point where I was. I, I got taller than them, and it's not bashing them at all. They know. It, it, you go to the parks, we go hooping, and people be like, oh, is that your cousin? Yeah. Like, I was the cousin. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is my brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was more of a, let me make my own who I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let me say who I am. So I started to just walk around like, oh, I'm D- what's up? You know, I'm DDS. And people, that they just start, started to, you know, turn into other things. Like, I had, I had, I had a gang, too. I had a little click when I was in ninth grade. A positive game called DDS. Yeah. Domination over this dead society. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's what it stood for. But it was like, I always wanted to do something different and positive. Gotcha. You know, versus if my brothers wasn't, if my brothers didn't do a lot of criminal activity, I probably would have. I wanted to always do totally opposite of what they did. Gotcha. Because people may, you know, people walk up to me and say, man, you're a little quirky, you're a little weird. Why aren't you like your brothers? Yeah. And it's because I was the cr- just creative person who yeah. liked to just be creative and sometimes a hermit and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm like, I just yeah. want to use my mind, you know what I mean? And, and it made me different. But I started to, you know, later on in life, embrace that. That's my difference. And that's what yeah. really created my tri-media company. I'm like, that's what, this is all what I do. Yeah. So, so a part of that uh, tri-media company, you got the music, the films, and the books. Books. So I, I was at Derek Books. Dot com, right? Yep. So how did you come up with that concept and why did you come up with Derek that? books all started from doors being slammed in my face. I, I, well, it all started actually, it does. It definitely did. Well, me writing as a writer, the bookstore started from doors being closed in my face, but me first writing a book, 
um, came from frustration of being a father, raising uh, my autistic daughter and yes. learning how to deal with 35 hours a week of people in your house. People dissing you like, oh, uh, you're a stay-at-home dad. Dads don't stay at home. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean? I'm a stay-at-home dad. What? Yeah. You get punched in your face it, talking that it, shit. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, did, they don't understand how common it is these days. Yeah. They Oh, I, I heard so many negative comments. Or, oh, yeah, um, people talking about me, saying this and that. Yeah. Or people calling me like, yeah, such and such said this about you because you were yeah. staying at home. And I'm like, I'm not just staying at home not doing that. You're yeah. staying at home. Those are hard jobs. When, you, yeah. when you're at home raising a kid, yeah. that's a job. When you're at home and you got to keep the house up together, that's a job. Yeah. Add more kids on. Add um, people coming in in your house 35 hours a week. You got to manage all that Making stuff. Making 20 and, albums, writing 60 books. Yeah. You try to do that. You try to do that. And that's what came from it. It pushed my boundaries of my creativity yeah. because I was like, if I had to stay in this house, it's almost like being locked in a cell. Yeah. What am I going to do locked in a cell? Yeah. I just started to, to, to Picasso, throw stuff on the wall yeah. or, or um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Basquiat. What is they? Yeah, start throwing stuff on there painting my yeah. portraits of life and um saying like this is me so i wrote a book called the diary of a stay-at-home dad my my, my um journal behind bars gotcha. because the bars was the house that you i was in yeah and i was just <laughs> i was just like it was chapters called chop off my dick yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the name of chapters yeah. i have an audio I version check of this the, out i got an audio version of the book and a, a regular verse and i put the book out on amazon and it became a bestseller yeah. for like a week straight it was a bestseller bestseller that's and awesome. um I put it out and it was on a Grammy ballot and everything. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shoot, I did something. Okay. So I started writing. And I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 I got influenced by people like Master P. The reason Matt, I'm about it is I'm the most horrible yet dopest movie. Why? Because it's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. most low budget, raw. It's like, what in the world is this? But I find myself loving and watching yeah. more than any of his movies. Yeah. And that's how I felt about my books. I was like, man, I'm writing it so raw. I'm talking to you just... If you're a dad, you understand what I'm going yeah. through. Even if you're a mom, I'm telling you exactly how I feel. Oh, my God, I just walked into the, the kitchen, and the girl had boo on the floor. What am I going to yeah, do? You know yeah, what I mean? I'm yeah, talking yeah. to you like real person. You know, it might be some spelling errors. I went back and fixed it, but I'm just like, this is what I'm going to do. So from there, I started writing other books to push boundaries. I wrote a book called You Call Yourself a Christian that was based off reality. Gotcha. Mostly all of my books are based off my life. Got gotcha. you. I wrote a book called Sex Tales, which is a big, and and I have another thing. I I have written TV shows. Mm-hmm. I have five TV show scripts at home and about six movie scripts from my books that yeah. I've written based off my book, turning them into movies, and yeah. and and that's why I'm talking about getting back to the film thing because it's all real. And the most crazy thing about it is, growing up, I always was the guy who had a lot of stories that that happened to me that you wouldn't believe. You just yeah. be like that. It, I was the guy in college they would call at one or two yeah. in the morning. They all drunk deep. Come tell us a story. Come sit around the table and tell yeah, a story. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like Slick Rick, but I had real, I was telling real, real life stories. experience. So my books became my real life experiences. And I, I put out sex tales. It was funny. It was like, a, first it was like a short book. And then people were buying it on the street. It was yeah. underground. I had a lot of, you know, female ladies or people liked the book. So yeah. I expanded it to be about a guy who, was on his plight of right, walking a righteous path, and he found it harder to survive the righteous path than it was the the um, wider path of just being on the street. He found out that it was it was church HOEs. I want to I want to fucking say it was it was pimping it was pimping um bishops and yeah. and all of this yeah that's a there's a there's a culture behind yeah that. a culture yeah. And, I, and he found all this out and he was like man I'm just trying to walk a righteous path but I see all of this craziness yep. so. Sex tells when people see the title, they're like, they don't understand that sex tells a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I mean by that. Sex tells a story about different things, like whether the, the, how sexual the person is or, yeah. or whatever they are being sneaky or, or are they just having sex to set you up and get you, you know, and, and in, in the book, that's what happens. Some of the book, only the pieces of the book is crazy. It's like, Tilted to be like, yeah. but you know, but 90, 90% of the book is, is real. But just to give the story a twist, the guy is, is setting up one of his friends with the best adventures of his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he, he's doing it for guilt. Gotcha. He doesn't know why he's doing it. Like yeah. why he sending all these girls are popping up in my hotel. They're taking me this and there. They showing me the time of my life. But what, what is the reason yeah. behind this? So in the end of the first book that he overhears some of the females talking 
uh, like, oh yeah, such and such told us to do these things, and yeah. he's like, what, what, what did he do? What did he do to to yeah. to you know what I mean? To so get it's you like, to do that, yeah. So it's like a deep, also a street book. So it's like that book came out such and such. So I started writing those books, and it was it was really getting a lot of. I was like, if I could, if I'm going to grow older and talk, you know, and raise my kids, this is not my. That's my, I could still live vicariously through my books yeah. and my music. Mm-hmm. I could still tell my stories. I don't have to be out there doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I could still show what I, and, and leave messages in there like you can get out of this, this is that. But I felt like people weren't being raw. I like Donald Goings and, yeah. you know, the, the raw, the, even the stories behind, he used to tell all the stories. When I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, he, I don't know, you know, with him, but. I wanted to do that kind yeah. of stuff. It was an iceberg slim. Iceberg slim too. Yeah. I was studying him. I studied the greats. I studied the stuff they did, and I was like, "Hmm, well, what can I add?" You yeah. know. And I'm a poet. I've written. I have about in my closet. I have about um like hundreds of notebooks. I'm talking about yeah. the 90 page notebooks filled with poetry. Yeah. Like I've written poetry. I have books that I've written when I was. 12, 13 in my closet right now Mm -hmm. that, you know, so I was like, let me put all this stuff out. So Derek books came because I was trying to get my books into jail, the jail thing. I was like, man, people need to hear these stories. Sex, they need to hear in case of Christian. They need to hear these stories because they would take their mind somewhere else. And they'd be like, and the fact that you know that it's real. Yep. It's like, dang. So that didn't happen, but I started saying, man, I want all my books. I started just telling myself, I want all my books in people's homes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to start up a book box subscription service where I started studying around. I'm like, well, I'm going to box up a book, two books every, and yeah. I took the each, each one, teach one from kind of like uh, how, how y'all did out here um, with the, you know, the Rucker Park and stuff like okay. that. Teach one, teach, you want yeah. people to teach somebody else. So I was like, I'm going to give them two copies of the book. Yeah, tell us about the 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 subscription that you so they'll buy it if you buy an individual box subscription you know just an individual one you get two books a month um two books and a gift i I gift you with a gift every month and and i'll send it out there and send it out there so what happened was i started getting customers and i'm like dang i only got like 12 books yep i'm like bro you can only you only got a year's worth so i was like all right man you need more than 12 i was like i don't want people just to get one year and drop off dead so i was like all right so i started writing like I got to the point where I would start writing children's books. I still I wrote I would get to the point where I was writing a book a day. Yeah. Wow. So by the end of the year I had published over like sixty books. Sixty books. And I'm still writing. I got like yeah. four or five and when I say my my work game is like I will be working on four or five books at the same time. Yeah. Like I'm working on a book called um, The Squirter. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> and it's it's a crazy, it's a crazy story. And it's I'm about a, a kid with a water gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm working on a whole bunch of different books. Um I'm working on a book called Little uh, Little Badass. But it's a, yeah. it's not, it's little B A D Z. Yeah. And it's a book. It's actually a children's book. Yeah. But it's based on a young kid living a criminal lifestyle, like a type pox sale. Shorty want to be a thug, but where does it, it, it kind of leads him to a bad path? So it teaches them about the criminal world yeah. young because young kids, they catch on to this stuff and they think it's so cool to snap, yeah. but they'll mm-hmm. learn. And I'm still working with the title because I want it to still be, but I want it to be like, you still, kids still, they are so honest. They can read if you're being honest with yeah. them or not. They can read that so well like they can meet you and be like ah he fake he ain't telling the truth or they can be like that dude like when i saw tupac shakur when i was nine or ten years old on tv talking i was like that's the realest dude yeah and i I, come on you translate to a Mm nine-year-old all he was doing was talking i was like i never i was so drawn to him that i was just like this dude is like the illest dude i was like me and my we used to talk about him like and I'm thinking, like, we were only, like, 9, 10. How did we was he deciphering his verses? Yeah. So that showed you how smart kids is yeah. even back then. Now, yeah, Tupac had a lot of life experience in his young age. Exactly. So I'm like, now the generations get wiser and weaker. So it's like, look, they got phones. They know. They By the time they're 8 or 9, they they could teach you something that you don't yeah, even know. Definitely. You could, so I'm like, I, I, I want to be transparent, but I also... I know how it is to be a parent, mm-hmm. and I know how it also, you know. So I wanted my stuff to be of shock value, but I want it to be real. Yeah. And I started to create those books and got to the point where um, I was like, man, I, I want to do something that no one's ever done before. Yeah. I was like, I want to, I never walked into a store and 
I was like, I, I'm kind of a rebel author. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't like the authors that's too like, hon, hon. I went to school too. I went, I got three degrees, man. I got my master's. I got my bachelor's. I was like, I know how to write, yeah. but I've always been a rebel writer. I, I failed the ninth grade writing assessment yeah. because I write different. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be the rebel author. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me write my books and let me walk into a, have them walk into a store where yeah. every catalog in there is written by me, yeah. one author. Thrillers, Thrillers. romantic books, yeah. all kinds. And I started challenging myself to do that. And then it, it came, it started to come about. I hired somebody. I couldn't do websites. I hired somebody to create Derek Books' website. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, I'm a real spiritual dude. I was talking to God. I'm like, Lord, I want to open up... Um, I want to open up a bookstore. Yeah. And I want to explain when people say spiritual, I believe in God and, and yep. Jesus, all that. Mm -hmm. That's me. But I don't press that on nobody else. That's just my own plight. And I and I, and I put all that stuff in my books and that because that's my experience. Yeah. I tell you, people can learn. You can learn something or you can experience something. Mm -hmm. It's different. Like, I, I could teach you. I could tell you all about Mr. 13. Mr. 13 is this guy. Yeah. This is that. You can learn him through me. But then when you walk up and shake his hand, you sit and have a conversation, you experience him, you like, Dang. It's totally different. That's totally yeah. different. Mm -hmm. So I never press religion or thing on people because I ex what I experience may be totally experience different yeah. from what mm -hmm. you experience. So I was talking to God. I'm like, Lord, I want to have like a spot. This is some, this is how God moves. I want to have a spot where I can really, you know, in Milwaukee do a brick and mortar. Yeah. That same morning, dude, two hours later, my mom calls me. She's like, hey, um, I was rolling past this place yesterday and um, we were trying to get, no, no, she was like, we were not supposed to place yesterday. We was trying to, me and your father, we were looking at the building of the system. It was a real nice building and such and such. And the, the guy, you know, told us we couldn't have the building. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they wanted to do some renting or whatever. He's like, no. And then um, they were like, well, my son, you might like him. He, 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 he was like, what does he do? He was like, he, he wants to open a bookstore. He was like, tell him to give me a call. Yep. So she told me that two hours later, I'm like, this is some spooky time. I was like, all right. So I called yeah. him like two hours later. He was like an older white guy, mm -hmm. whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, come, you know, come over tomorrow. Come see the spot. So I was kind of skeptical and hesitant because I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't want him, you know. I went, I walked in, and I'm, he's walking out. There's another, like, white guy walking in. And I'm just going to tell you how a lot of times black people think like this. I mean, I just, you know, it's just your experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I it's like, I was thinking, like, this is an older white guy. He ain't going to like me. I was like, I got tats and earrings. I'm like, yeah. man, he probably looking right at me because he was. He was mm -hmm. looking at me, and he was like, well, what is it you're trying to do? I was like, man, I'm trying to do something that's different. I was like, I'm trying to run a bookstore. I was like, but every book in here is going to be written by me. And it's going to have my music and some films and yeah. stuff like that. I was like, I just want to do something different. I never heard of a spot like this. So he's sitting there staring at me. You know how some people stare at you with a blank face and you just yeah, like. You're not sure mind, how I'm to like, read it. Yeah. He ain't feeling me. Yeah. So he all of a sudden just started like walking me around. And as soon as I walked into the spot, it looked just like a bookstore. I could see it. But mm -hmm. I don't want just a normal bookstore. I wanted to. Look yeah. different, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, than just a regular bookstore. So we walking around the building, such, such, and such, and he's like, well, you know, eventually I want whoever, you know, rents it to own it. And I was like, well, I'm, that's some situation I'm looking to do. Gotcha. And then he was like, well, what are you trying to offer for rent? And I just started, like, saying numbers. I shot a lowball number, you know. Yeah. And he was like, you're the lowest person, the lowest um, offer that I've been yeah. offered. Mm -hmm. I just turned I just turned down 24 people. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, you know, I do the swallow, like, oh, shoot. Oh, snap. So <laughs> <laughs> I walk outside, he's showing me stuff, and I'm like, he's like, he's like, your sign can go here. I said, Derek, what's this and that? And then he was like, he looked me dead in the face, and he was like, I'm not going to turn down your offer. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then he said, he was like, I swear, I promise you. He looked at me dead in my face and said, sometimes you got to take a leap of faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, the, that was the universe responding. E exactly. Or God, whatever, you know, whatever you believe in. Walk in faith. Yeah, you got to walk. You got to speak it mm -hmm. and walk into it. And I walked into it. And the next thing you know, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go down to the city and fill out all the paperwork. And I'm, you know, get yeah. the, so we, I can get, so I can get the occupancy and all that. And he was like, cool. I was like, what do you need as a down payment? And, you know, so she was like, just give me $200. Yeah. This was three months ago. Shit, that is unheard of in New York City. Two, $200. <laughs> I gave him $200, and this is three months ago. Yeah. He never gave it spot up to nobody else, anything. Like, to this day, I, I, we're gonna, I'm having my opening next month. Okay. I, he actually, every time I called him, he was more positive than I was. Yeah. He was like, don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. Like, I was like, who is this guy? Like, and he actually called the mayor. Yeah. I, he put my name mm -hmm. in the mayor's mouth. He said, 
He said, the mayor knows you. He knows yeah. about your bookstore and everything. He's like, I'll talk to him and he's going to give you a call. They're gonna, the office is going to give you a call. This is like last week. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, right. I'm thinking like, yeah, 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 yeah. no, two hours later, they you were got on that my call. Phone. That's Derek, dope. Derek, this is the mayor's office, is calling my Derek books. And I'm sitting here like, like, I couldn't believe it, but it just showed me like, how walking, turn, how yeah. thinking something and pushing. I keep looking at pushing the boundaries. Because <laughs> it's true. Once yeah. you push the boundaries of yep. something, mm-hmm. like, and you say, I'm going to do this. And it's going to be crazy even when I open up the store. You know, you got challenges. Because yeah. I don't want it to be a normal bookstore. I've actually culminated a lot of ideas from Steve does fashion. So every time yeah. I come to New York mm-hmm. and I go to, when I go to him and Mike's spot, I got an idea of like how they run fashion boutique, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I want my store to be Fashion has a, a boutique has uh, makes love to a, a, a vinyl store of vinyl and a books, yeah. but also where's retro where you like could get the books, but also since we're in a digital world, you could order everything online the same yeah. thing too. Mm-hmm. And I want tables everywhere so I could teach people how to write books. Gotcha. I want people coming to the city and be like, hey. Yeah. I want to be able to write a book. I don't, and I've already got like a few clients already that I'm helping write books. Gotcha. So it's like, so you can actually give seminars, teach people seminars, the process and everything. Sessions. Gotcha. And I never would have thought to be able to do that. And everything that I have ever put out, um, is in my store. So I yeah. got music, I got film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on an album called screenshots right now, which is all, it's just in store exclusive. Gotcha. I've been watching those Griselda dudes. Yeah, I, I like Griselda, Benny the Butcher. Yeah, so, I love, but I who but we I, gave uh, MC of the Year yeah, on MadeForKings.com. I love it. I love the way they do stuff. So even that is like looking at the way they have exclusive stuff. Even if you go to their site, they got exclusive albums yeah. that's just not even on iTunes. I took my music away from. I got albums on iTunes, but I always also took my music away from iTunes. Like yeah. this album ain't gonna even be on iTunes. You can only yeah. get it in the store. Yeah, I got you. So look, I hate to cut this <laughs> short, but. <laughs> You know, this pro, this new show that we're doing is an hour long. We just went a little bit over. Sorry, y'all. It's all good, though. We could, This man is multi-talented. We could go all night talking. All night. I mean, one word I could use to describe him from our conversation is prolific. Oh, thank you. I mean, you. he's putting out that work. Um, so you got the store coming. Yep. In Milwaukee is opening next yep. month. Derek Books will be opening February 2020. Okay. And we're going to push the boundaries of, I keep saying, push <laughs> the boundaries of creativity. And you're going to hear about it. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I hope to open more Derek Bookstores all yeah. around the world. So and anyone who can't visit the the physical store, they, go can to Derek, online, yep. they can get it online. Tell them where they yep. can get Derek it. DerekBooks.com. That's www. And Derek is spelled different. It's D-A-R-I-C-K books.com. You know, I have book box subscription services, which I love to have in your home. Yeah. You could buy the music on um, my music digital. And I even have, I brought back where you could buy CDs and I'm mm-hmm. looking into getting vinyl. Mm-hmm. You could buy all that stuff from Derek books. And I work, anybody I work with mm-hmm. uh, on books and stuff, they stuff since as part of the brand, they'll be listed in the store too as well. So, gotcha. so I want to thank, thank Derek you. Spears for sitting with us. Friends of the show, he was at the Cypher show many years ago. Now he's here on my first episode of the sit down. And uh, thank you for joining yeah, us tonight. One more really shout out to my yeah, wife. Go right ahead. Come here. I want y'all to see my wife. Uh-oh. My wife yeah. is a very talented. She has she's she has this podcast. It's the dopest okay. podcast out. She, you know, shout it out. Shout, shout out, out the out, podcast. <laughs> Ambition Honey and Hustle, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you name. Yeah, so we like do a family business, like, and my boy, my boy Steve got the 2020 collection. That's right, 2020 which is collection. Dope. It, it is, that's come on, 2020 and vision. comfortable. He picks the right material. Feels yeah, good on I, you. I, I know it. personally. I cop it. Hook me up with some shit. It's one of my favorite shirts in my collection. Go there. It's all about support. <laughs> support uh, is not just saying congrats. It's going out there and actually purchasing it and wearing it. You know that's support. Buying it, even if you don't like my book. I love to just have, see you have one on your couch. You ain't even right. got to read it. <laughs> Somebody else will enjoy it. Let them read it. Thank you so yeah. much again for, for y'all who gave me a jump start. The Cypher gave me my jump start, my, my, my confidence and all that kind of stuff uh, to talk on the radio. So all that, I was like, if I could do it out there, I went everywhere I went. I'm like, man, I did it at the Cypher. Well, thank you for coming <laughs> through and, you know, giving us an update on your journey. We look forward to sitting down with you again in the near future. And, uh, you know, to get a better understanding of each other, sometimes you got to have a sit down. Duh. That's just right. Peace. Right. Peace. Peace and love, y'all. We out.
Look at that.